Ladies and gentlemen, this is Book Music. I am Tosh. And I'm Kimley. And today, well, first of all, I always have to give a little brief introduction for those who never heard our show before, which it seems hard to believe at this point. Yes. Cause We're all world the, famous. Well, because all the write-ups <laughs> that we've been getting and, you know, critical prizes and TV coverage. But I don't want to go into that right now. But uh, Book Music, focus on books on music or books written by musicians, or musicians' memoirs, or it could be about music history, or even a character in a fictional work that may be a musician or a composer. So anything dealing with music, and it's in a book form, we will discuss it. So our goal is to discuss every book that's ever been acknowledged as a music book. And we're now, what number are we, what episode is it, 16? 15. Yes, I think this is episode 16. So, um, we plan on living forever. Well, yes. There'll be other people replacing us. Eventually. It'll, be like the, it'll be like the Today Show. Oh, okay. <laughs> but today, I'm very excited because we're going to discuss a book called Bowie's Bookshelf. The 100 Books That Change David Bowie's Life by John O'Connell. Published by Gallery Books. Now, did you know that David Bowie was a huge reader? I did, in fact, because this list came out several years ago. But uh, I think I think most Bowie fans know he was a big reader. He's obviously I know he was a an reader. autodidact who yes. is obsessed with... Not a great student. Right. Not in the traditional sense. Not a traditional sense, but he, yeah. he, he is a self-reader. He, he, he developed reading habits very young. Yeah. And uh, mostly, I think, f- from his half-brother, Terry, yeah, who was, um, I don't know how much older, was he five years older, three, four, older, yeah. older, bro- older brother, yeah. and somebody that David Bowie looked up to, or a big inspiration in his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, Terry, his name, was into the beat culture, it was into jazz music, J- yeah. Jack Kerouac. And I think sort of the prototype mod figure, you know, yeah. the, 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 in the in the most traditional modernistic modernistic sense, what a mod is. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was introduced to the Beats. I think when Bowie was like twelve years old. Mm-hmm. So he was, you know he was a young reader. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, many many decades later, um, uh, at the close to David Bowie's passing in uh, two thousand and sixteen. There was an exhibit that traveled the world, which is the exhibit uh, that the V&A put together mm-hmm. of David Bowie's stuff. Right. Photographs, documents, uh, song lyric books, photographs, costumes, music, etc., etc. Did you see the show? No. I did not. I did not. Uh, we, I saw you it in, saw it in, in Tokyo, Tokyo. Right? yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It was good. It was interesting, mm-hmm. of course. And for this show... Um, David Bowie listed 100 of his favorite books, mm-hmm. um, which, as far as I know, is just a list. He did like a list of his like his favorite 25 albums. Did you ever see that? No, I wasn't that was, aware. That's really interesting. Oh, um, it's he actually writes about them. He writes mm-hmm. about each record. Oh, okay. So it's a little more. It's a smaller list, but a little more informative. Very and very interesting. His 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 commentary is really really interesting. Oh, is that available online? Yeah, I think something like Esquire or Vanity Fair published it originally. Oh, okay. I, I can't remember. For oh, anybody's yeah, curious, gonna, yeah, I'll we'll we'll, that. we'll link it on our page. Yeah, okay, afterwards. that'd be great. Yeah. But he talks about um, um, everything from the last poets to. Um, uh, 
to what else is right? What others? Oh my god, I've been incredible string band. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Stuff is kind of surprised, but not really a total surprise. Right. Here in Bowie, you sort of pick up what he likes, right? And stuff that's not oh, like Charles Mingus. He's a huge Charles Mingus fan. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so it's interesting. And he liked the Thugs. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he liked anybody that's sort of like really underground yeah. at their time. Uh-huh. And um, so anyway, we have one hundred books. Um, and um, as you know, I read every all, all hundred books. <laughs> I read I read more. I mean, I read more than those hundred books. Yeah, you read one hundred and one. I was one hundred and two. I say I read half the books. I probably read at least two or three times. Okay. <laughs> or maybe I saw the movie versions. So there you go. The TV series. <laughs> or you, you heard right. of it. Or, well, how many have you read? I read eighteen. That's I, all. I read thirty. I know. I was impressed when you told me that. I I discounted it just recently. This, yeah, this morning. yeah. And uh, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, because there's it, some obscure stuff on here. I mean, there are several books I'd never even heard of before I saw the list. I mean, the list first came out in 2013, so it's been out and available online. Oh, 20, okay, 2013. Yeah, the list has been available for a while. Um, so when I first looked at it, yeah, there were several books on it I had never heard of before. Um, it's an interesting list because I think, well, again, and through the eyes of John O'Connell, the author of uh, Bowie's Bookshelf, mm-hmm. he feels that this list pretty much represents Bowie's work or songs or mm-hmm. his life. Mm-hmm. Um I think some of it clearly is is really true, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. Like for instance, like Clockwork Orange, I'm not sure how much Clockwork Orange, the movie, is a bigger influence than the. Oh, uh, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Because I I did see Ziggy Stardust yeah. uh, tour, uh-huh. and definitely you know they played the Wendy. Yes, yes, yes. Our, uh-huh. our old friend Wendy. Yes, Walter I know Carlos, Wendy Carlos. Yeah. Comes back to us. I know. I like that synchronicity. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he opens up the whole concert with Wendy Carlos, yeah. Beethoven piece from Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Um, but then again, the language that's used in Clockwork Orange, the book, mm-hmm. as well as in the movie, but specifically the book, mm-hmm. is a made-up language that Anthony Burgess made up, yeah. uh, who is also a linguist. Mm-hmm. So it's not this, you know, it's just not something he made up in his own head, but he sort of, I think, put together British slang words with Russian slang words, like yeah. teenage yeah. words. Yeah. And uh, Bowie, on his last album, um, um, Black Star. Black Star. Yeah, there's one it. song. He's, there's one yeah. song that's totally that language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. And Bowie never throws anything out. No. I think he just. It's always it. there percolating. Yes. Yeah. And so it's kind of interesting about the traveling show of, of Bowie's stuff because it's stuff that I think he consistently uses over and over right. again in different ways and manners. Right. Right. And um, so, first of all, I love book lists or record people's record lists. Yes, me too. I don't even have to like them. No. I, today, for instance, I read Elvis Costello's... I know, I saw that. That was so perfect timing. <laughs> Elvis Costello's 500 favorite albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Albums. yeah. So, of um, course, I had to look at it. Yeah, it was kind of a weird list to me. It was a weird list. And I think it's... It's like, what is this obsession that people have with lists? I sort of have a love-hate relationship with these what is your, What is your hate? Because I love them. Um, well, because they're always frustrating. You know, it's like... The idea of making a list is so superficial. It's like... If somebody asked me to make a list of my favorite hundred books, I could never do it. You can't because uh, my list would change from day to day. Uh-huh. You know, and it's just and how and and it's like how do you something? Sometimes it's like comparing apples to oranges. You know, it's, it's totally that's what it is. And so you know, it's it's ultimately always a, a frustrating endeavor, but at the same time, it's such a fascinating endeavor. 
I love reading people's lists. Well, on my Facebook page, I've been doing a list of top 10, to me, my top 10. Yes, un- you're obsessed with lists. Yes, uh, uh, underappreciated <laughs> yes, music artists. Yes, I know. You've got some good people on there. Top 10. I'm now number 13. <laughs> <laughs> On my post, I got rid of the top 10 part and this thing I kept on going. <laughs> the never ending list it's of underappreciated no. artists. <laughs> too many. Uh, see, that's the problem. See, uh, pretty soon it's not a list, it's just a compilation of everybody that ever existed. <laughs> yeah. But Bowie did make the top 100. I mean, he made yes. 100 books. Yes. Um, but there's some interesting uh, things that he left off. The thing I was found most interesting is there's no William Burroughs on the list, who is clearly a huge influence to him. That's very interesting because we're soon going to read a book about Burroughs and home music. And, I know. Um, yeah. Now, was there anything that you were shocked was not there or anything that you were surprised on the list that you thought, well, that doesn't seem like something I would think Bowie would No, be. actually, everything on the list uh, seemed really logical to me. Yeah. I didn't pick up on the Burroughs thing. That is, that is strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but it's, it's, you know, and also, I know he was into uh, books about magic. And yeah, there's a lot Crowley, of books about spiritualism, the occult, magic, that, Which he, he kept off the list. He didn't. He didn't list everything. No, of course not. But no. there were quite a few. That was definitely a common theme yeah. of, on his list. There were yeah. quite a few. But um, um, uh, I don't think there's any Alistair Crowley books on the list, are there? No. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and definitely during the you know during his Station Station period, he yeah, was really into yeah, that yeah. all stuff. Yeah. But um, looking at the list now, all 100 titles and authors, nothing really really like surprises me. Um, yeah. But the books, uh, but there's some of my favorite books are in here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, one is the Otto Friedrich uh, Before the Deluge, A Portrait of Berlin in the 1920s. Oh, yeah, I want to read that. That's, I haven't read that. It's yeah, really that good. looks good, yeah. It's just basically, he just, he just takes stories. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't, have, the author doesn't actually research anybody. You know, I think he wrote in the 70s. Uh-huh. But it's, it's he, takes, he takes other stories from other publications, literature, as well as, in, you know, famous figures in Berlin at that time. And it compiles it in such a manner that's really, really a great read. Mm. It's really in-depth. Yeah. Social history of Berlin at that time. Yeah. Which I presume Bowie probably just ate this up, especially during his life. Yeah, there were several uh, books on there that you, it seemed pretty clear it, that he read during his uh, Berlin phase. And Christopher Isherwood, too. Yeah, yeah, Berlin yeah. Now that I've read. Yeah, yeah, I love Christopher Isherwood. And then the George Orwell. 1984, which it seemed to be obvious. Yeah. And he was at one time, he wanted to do a, a musical based on 1984. Yeah, but the widow wouldn't The Orwell's him. wife yeah. wouldn't let him. Yeah. Who I heard, she's kind of a difficult person, mm. which was life. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, it, that, but 1984 became Diamond Dogs. Right. So, you know. Um, it was all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but... So John O'Connell goes, basically, it's, there's, it's, there's an introduction to the book, uh-huh. and then 100 chapters, I mean, yeah. one chapter focusing on one book. And of course, it's not a large book, you know, it's a couple hundred Yeah, pages. it's a quick read. So it's, it's a quick read, and each book may have anywhere, anywhere from like a page to like three pages, I think three pages. Yeah, three the, pages in max, yeah. And um, O'Connell's work is not really academic. He seems to be somebody who's well acknowledge in literature and music mm-hmm. 
And I think his understanding of the subject matter and also the connection with, with Bowie oh, yeah, and the work. He's very knowledgeable. I mean, he did his research, clearly. And I assume he went and read all the books. He's read all of them. And some yeah. of these are difficult books. And some of the books he didn't like. Right. Um, he was critical. I can't remember which books now right now. But, mm. some, but not every book he thought, oh, this is a work of genius and stuff right, like that. Right, right. Um, but I think... A lot of, but a lot, but also it's also a very broad take on Bowie's approach to those books. Yeah, because we don't know for sure. I mean, you can presume these things. You know, a lot of these books on this list. Oh, Bowie, you mean the the sur- surmising that O'Connell is making about how yeah. it impl- Yeah, obviously. Yeah, that's just his. It's O'Connell's take on it. Um, yeah, clearly. like Larchamont's Molidor, which is like an early surrealist yeah, text. Yeah. Um, um, I don't think Bowie ever commented on that book. It's yeah. on the it's, it's it's his list of books. Yeah, here. Was one, one yeah. of the one hundred books. But I don't think he ever actually talked about it in an interview. Oh, else. I don't. Yeah, I think probably ninety percent of the books on the list Bowie never really talked about in any kind of depth. So you know, I mean, one problem I had with this book was that I felt a lot of the chapters it was really hit or miss. Some of them were really good and really interesting and. And, you know, the the ideas that he was coming up with on how it influenced Bowie seemed very reasonable. But there were a lot of chapters where it seemed like all he was doing was kind of giving a plot. Yes, uh, I admit that's true. It was just so, uh, this is the plot of the book. And then he'd have like one sentence about why he Bowie's thought Bowie. <laughs> yeah, and I was kind of like, okay. And there were a lot of spoilers, you know. I mean, he basically gives like the whole plot of the book, including like how it ends. And so if it's not a book you Well, I'm not going to read that book. <laughs> <laughs> Now, did you did you read about any books in it that you thought, okay, now I really want to read this after I've, because <laughs> I did, I added a few books. Actually, to my list. you know, oddly enough, not that much because yeah. I feel I'm in tune to that work already. Yeah. So you know, I'm not close to David Bowie. You know, yeah. I, I don't, you know, but I I feel that we came we come from the same place sometimes. Right. So you found your way to the books you were interested yeah. in already. Yeah. So I, there's nothing here looking over that would go, oh my God, he, this sounds. I mean, they're all interesting. Yeah. But you know, I pretty much read, you know. I mean, I'm kind of surprised, like like Michael Chabon's Wonder Boys. Yeah, that here. one was a bit. There are a few sort of uh, books that are a little more contemporary that I think had he written the the list in another ten years, if he had been fortunate enough to live, he probably wouldn't have had those on. You know, they were probably books he'd read recently, and you know, I mean, it, the interesting thing about this list I find is that I, for me, it was just another Bowie performance. You know, well, he's so calculating. He's so aware of his audience. Mm-hmm. I really liked the T.S. Eliot chapter, actually, because he talks about how T.S. Eliot and Bowie were both very aware of their audiences. And, and they were also very, um, they like to fuck with the audience, you know. They, were, they, they would put things in, these obscure references and things, just for the sake of knowing that people would be looking it up and, you know, we're go just, on these, you know. This is interesting. Okay, we're talking about Burroughs. Burroughs didn't make it on the list. Right. And Burroughs is famous for the cut-up. Yes, scene. which is clearly a big part of Bowie's. T.S. Eliot sort of did it first. Uh-huh. There, there was other, there was like, you know, the Dada, you know, like Tazara right. did it. Right. Yeah, Burroughs didn't discover this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's interesting, but Burroughs definitely the most famous participant on that type yeah. of writing. Yeah, well, and I think he really took it to an extreme, too. But Bowie chose The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot, which is a very classic, modernistic work. Right. But probably not that many people actually, I'm, I'm going to presume most of the Bowie people read Burroughs. Right. And T.S. Eliot. Right. So Bowie went out of his way, I think, to choose another cut-up artist, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, uh, which T.S. Eliot did. Right. 
and I, and I think you know in a way I don't want, I don't want to use the word snob or <laughs> but I, I don't mean in a, in a, or snob in a bad way but I think Bowie wanted to present something that his fans would not know exactly yeah yeah you no know? I think he was it's very very self conscious list like I said I feel like the his making of this list was just another Bowie performance you yeah. know he's very aware of what he's doing he's very aware that people are going to go through the list and read it you know there's a there's a podcast where once a month they read a book on the Bowie list yeah. You know, um, if you go on Goodreads, there's several people who have the list up there. You know, it's um, clearly people are very obsessed with it. And another person that he has a fixation on is uh, Yukio Mishima. Yeah. Um, well, Japan in general. Was in Japan obsession. in general, yes. Yeah. Uh, and Mishima is an interesting choice for him because he, Mishima was my first introduction to Japanese literature. Right. And I was attracted to him just because of his outrageous life. Yeah. I mean, it's insane, you know, who he was. And, yeah. you know, pretty much a performance artist of sorts. Yeah. As well as academic writer, director, you know. Mm-hmm. Not director, but yeah, he made a film, singer, one mm-hmm. song. <laughs> Did uh, he? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. A gangster oh. song. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I got <laughs> he, play, he played a gangster, too. It was really good. A Yakuza gangster in a movie. Oh, in a movie? And he sang a song in the movie? Yeah, like the, like the ending credits. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I got to hear that. So... You know, Mishima is a guy who basically was not born Mishima. He made himself Mishima. Yeah. And, you know, he made himself into a sort of writer, you mm-hmm. know, a pop star writer or mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's writers who take other people's names. You know, they take names, new names and stuff like that. But Mishima took actually, went, you know, he went a little beyond that. He became a, this character he built up. Right. Uh, which is very similar to David Bowie, yeah. from being David Jones, mm-hmm. and then turning into David Bowie, he made himself into a character, yeah. like Ziggy Stardust, for instance, yeah, yeah. or Thin White Duke. And Mishima yeah. did pretty much the same thing. Yeah. And it's understandably, it's understandably that why Bowie would be attracted to to Mishima. Yeah. And T. S. Eliot mm-hmm. for the Wasteland mm-hmm. because of of, of Eliot's. Um, um, uh, cut up technique, but also Elliot was from St. Louis, Missouri, mm-hmm. and he moved to London uh, as a young man mm-hmm. and sort of made his presence in Europe more than America. Mm-hmm. So this sort of like Bowie sort of did the same thing, except born in England, right. a European. Well, yeah, England's not <laughs> European anymore. <laughs> but but in the sense that he went to America to to develop, you know, expand his identity and his work. Yeah. So I think he picks up on these things. Yeah. I think this is one of Bowie's sort of undercurrents of his appreciation for some of these writers. Yeah. And Chris Richard was another one who was a, um, you know, a British, a gay Briton who moved to Berlin in the heart of the 20s and early 30s. Right. He's clearly attracted to people who reinvent themselves. And yeah. He likes that whole idea. And and, uh, and on the road, Jack Kerouac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's what the whole book is about. It's the whole beat thing, really reinventing yourself from what you're born yeah and and what you've become or or will yourself into a character that's right right dealing with their times and place and stuff yeah and i think it's interesting too is that um you know we like to see what his influences are you know that's one of the appeals of a list like this is like you know where what are his influences and he's he's not shy at all about admitting that he steals 
anywhere he can, that everything he does is basically stealing from something else. You yes. know? So it's really fascinating to see. And the books, a lot of them are about art. So you can see what he's, you know, what his interests in art were. Yeah. But I thought that was really interesting. A lot of them were sort of very educational academic art well, books, you know, and it's... The Francis Bacon book, uh-huh. the interview with David Seymour. Yeah, that looked interesting. I haven't I read, read that, that book. Yeah, yeah okay. it's a great book. Yeah. It's just basically this the writer sitting down with Bacon, and they're not doing art talk, they're actually talking about life, and, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. uh, as well as his paintings, but I'm just talking about Bacon, Bacon's, you know, like it's sort of like a biography on Bacon. Mm-hmm. And um, Bowie is a huge fan of English painters. I bet he's not a, I don't think he's a Francis Bacon fan, per se. Yeah, I think O'Connell mentions that he's not yeah. particularly a Francis Bacon yeah. fan, but that, that he liked the book. But he liked, but boy, really, he collected seriously English painters of that time period, right. and a little bit before that. Yeah, but not Bacon. Not Bacon. Yeah. So his appreciation of Bacon, I think, has a lot to do with, again, of a character who willed himself into Francis Bacon, you know, right. the outrageous Soho drinker, gay uh-huh. lifestyle borderline thug gangster world, (laughs) you know. And I think he was very attracted to that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. One of the things that I really was fascinated about that he talked in the beginning of the book is he said that Bowie had a a portable library. Yeah. And it had fifteen hundred books. And I was trying to imagine I I Googled, I was like hoping to see a photo of his of his trunk with the fifteen hundred because I mean, 1,500 books is a lot of books, even if they're just paperbacks. I was yes. trying to imagine like, what, how heavy that was. Yes. <laughs> he must have slaves that pick uh, up clearly, the books. Clearly, <laughs> clearly. I was like, oh my. Yes, it was during I the was man- jealous. Uh, it was all reported on the set of The Man Who Fell to Earth. Right. And, yeah. And uh, Nicholas Rogue and uh, Kenny Clark, his co-star comment on how many books he yeah, had. Yeah, that's though. insane, though. 1,500 books. I think Nicholas Rogue sends... Nicholas Rogue said something to him, do you read enough books? And Bowie took it seriously, like, I, I should be reading more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, I know. Talk about reading a lot of books. Pro, uh, my personal experience uh-huh. with David Bowie is when I, when I worked at Book Soup. Right, in West, in that's West right. Hollywood. You've seen him actually shopping for books. And he, um, he would, he, I remember two incidents. One, he came... Um, he came uh, early in the morning, like when we first opened. Uh-huh. And I presume, not to avoid people, but just because he's an early bird. He likes to wake up early in the morning. Oh, uh, okay. He's a, he's a morning person. Get stuff person. done. Yeah. yeah. And he, um, I remember him come by the front counter, and we had all the fiction books. Yeah. And he purchased like every hardcover copy of a book on that front counter. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And I remember we, th- we had a lot of British authors that time. It was like a season, you know, it was like... Uh-huh. There's a lot of new releases that day or that time. Yeah. So I know we had like new like Martin Amos and there was like mm-hmm. other British writers, you mm-hmm. know. So the, so the selection wasn't weird to me. Yeah. But the fact that he like just one of everything. Swept right through yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> and, and the second time I remember he came with um, uh, Iman, his wife. Uh-huh. Or I don't think they were married at the time. They were going out. Mm-hmm. And he was really enthused about Frida uh, uh, Kahlo's biography. mm and he was just talking it up to her, like, oh, this is the greatest book, you got to read this. Uh-huh. You know? He was really like just putting into it. Very passionate. Very passionate about the book. <laughs> nice. And um, 
so that's my personal introduction. Yeah. You know, before reading the 100, yeah. that, he, that he was a reader. You knew he was a voracious reader. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not a surprise, because, I mean, there's lots of literary references in his work. Yeah. So it's clear that he was always a reader. And he's just smart. You just know that you... You know, I mean, not only do we know he's a reader, we know he's very educated about art. I'm sure he's he was probably a big film buff, I suspect. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and obviously he knew a lot about music. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the books on the list are like music history books. Yeah, all doing was American uh, roots. Like yeah, American, yeah. American, uh, like yeah. rock and or blues. Yeah. Um, nothing dealing with contemporary musician per se all stuff about like sort of stuff from the 40s and 50s right well he probably just hung out with the contemporary musicians so he didn't need to read about them (laughs) i mean he was pretty he always kept on top of what was going on you know he worked Mm -hmm. with trent reznor and Mm -hmm. you know it's like he was never uh, one to live in the past i mean he was interested in the the roots of music but he was never one to live in the past no he was not um he never discarded anything. As I mentioned before, he never discarded yeah. anything. He met like new people, new mm-hmm. influences, mm-hmm. but he almost he puts it like a, he files it away, yeah, and then reuses it later or right. picks up on it later. And um, I think that's his enjoyment of being an artist, or or what he does is his ability to do that. Yeah, and he does it better than anybody else, really. I mean, oh, he knows, I mean, because he can. He could Bowie-fy things. You know? <laughs> Bowie-fy things, he, yes. <laughs> he could take something that's very clearly that yeah. and then make that into like a Bowie thing. Yeah. Some people get upset about or, you know, comment. Or, yeah, don't think there's any authenticity to him. What, people it? who complain about him. But and that's and being authentic is not his interest. No, no, of course not. You know, that's not his interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not his interest whatsoever. Yeah, he's still a genius. Yes, but, um, <laughs> but his, his taste in, in like... Uh, a history of early rock and roll is is, is interesting to me. Yeah. Because a lot of those people had to transform from something to somebody else as well. Yeah, like Little Richard. He was obsessed with Little Richard. Yes. Yeah. 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 A huge Little Richard fan. Yeah. Apparently, throughout his touring decades, mm-hmm. he always had a picture of Little Richard in his Right, I've heard that too. Him. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I love that he liked the book about the Museum of Jurassic Technology too. Can ah. you imagine seeing Bowie at the Museum of Jurassic Technology, which is probably one of my all-time favorite places in Los Angeles? It's so funny. You know, I was watching, I think it was Jay Leno uh-huh. on The Tonight Show, uh-huh. and Bowie was on. Uh-huh. And out of nowhere, you know, during the interview thing, he starts talking about uh, the Museum of Jurassic Technology. Oh, I love it. And I know David Wilson. I know yeah. these people. Yeah. And I went like, I can't believe he's going on. And he went on and on about uh-huh. it. Well, it's such a Bowie kind of place. Well, not only that, but him being such a, a, so smart about media stuff, yeah. he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. He wanted to, one, give credit to this little small nonprofit, really yeah. interesting museum. Yeah. But him giving that much time on a national TV show, yeah. I think one is to expose that, the subject matter. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it's also to expose the public that he's actually sort of a connoisseur of taste. Right. Which is very important to him. Yeah, he's like a curator. A curator. And he, yeah. wanted, he obviously, in his own way, show busy way, he wanted to present that yeah. that he knows about. Yes, this, yes, this the fact that he really goes to places like that, yeah. you know, it's 
I can't. I mean, I can't imagine seeing him there. I mean, this museum is such a brilliant museum, and it's so small, and, and not very many people really know about it. But it's been around for what twenty five, thirty years well, now. It, it's been it, around for quite a while. Thirty something years. I mean, it's kind of amazing to me that it's it's kept afloat. And, and the book is actually. I read this book. It's actually a good book. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I I have. I own the book. I bought it like when it came out, and I haven't read it. So this the Bowie bookshelf book reminded me. I went and pulled it off my bookshelf. I'm like, I have to finally read this. Well, okay, the book is. Called, it came out in 1995. Yeah. It's called Mr. Wilson's Cabinet of Wonder. Yeah. And it's by Lawrence uh, Welshler, who is, was at the time a huge New Yorker writer. Uh-huh. So like Bowie, this is interesting, like Welshler is like establishment. Yeah. So him, Welshler, to write a whole book on this little museum is at the same level really as, as Bowie talking about it yeah. on national TV. Yeah, you know, that's it, nice. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. Bowie did not talk about it on a local press. Uh-huh. It's like you know, national. Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like people national. would have to travel <laughs> to L.A. to see this. Or, you know, what, I mean, yeah. or majority of people don't know what he's talking about. No, I know. But Bowie wanted to be on the cutting edge yeah. of everything, and this is, this is like sort of a perfect example of him, of him doing something like that. Yeah, no, I know. It's brilliant. So, the place I always take people when they come to LA. Me too. So, what do you what do you think of Bowie's bookshelf in general? Then, what's your overall? I enjoyed it. It was a fun read, but I was a little bit disappointed. I wanted a little more Bowie in it and a little less, uh, you know, just plot recaps. Um, the chapters, you know, where he got more into the Bowie stuff, and I guess you know it's hard because obviously there's some books where like how do you figure out what how this affected Bowie? Is you're just you know, it's a hypothesis, and you, and you don't want to get sound, to sounding too pretentious, so you have to be careful what you say, but, you know, just I, getting a plot recap. I think Okano is, me. I think O'Connor's a good writer. Yeah. Um, book is well-researched. Uh, I think O'Connor presumes things that may, may or may not be true, mm-hmm. but I think the majority is true. Right. Um, he does suggest, we may do this on our play, our song list, our playlist, uh-huh. he does each chapter, each book chapter, he does yes. recommend a song to yes. go with it and further reading. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're interested in song. Yeah, no, that was interesting. That's good. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah, very like much, that. it very much works as a reference book. Yeah, no, O'Connell is very knowledgeable. He's clearly a huge Bowie fan. He knows Bowie's work in and out. He clearly researched all the books. I, I have to assume he read all the books, which, you know, some of them are pretty cumbersome you know Dante's Inferno that's not an easy read (laughs) so um you know he definitely did his homework and it's certainly it's a very fun read and I added a bunch of books to my to read list after going through it because there were books on here I'd never heard of before and it reminded me of books that I had been wanting to read and you know there's so many books that I want to read that I forget about them like the Mr. Wilson's Cabinet of yes, Curiosities, really good book. which yeah, which I own. I own that book. <laughs> so I pulled it out. I'm gonna mm, read good. it soon. So good. thank you, Bowie's Bookshelf. Thank you, Bowie's Bookshelf. <laughs> so, so what's our next episode? All right, be? so we're we're kind of having a nice little flow here. So the next uh, episode we're going to be doing William S. Burroughs and the Cult of Rock and Roll by Casey Ray. And the cover has a photo of William Burroughs and David Bowie on it. So and what, Bo- and, and what does Bowie do in return? <laughs> he forgets to <laughs> mention Burroughs in his his famous <laughs> list. <laughs> I mean, this this list of Bowies. You realize this is like that's like it. You know, Bowie can't revise it. No, it's, it's for eternity. Everybody's going to consider that Bowie's you list. Know, <laughs> we haven't. I haven't. We haven't read the book yet. 
that definitely, just a little preview, definitely there's a strong, like rock, at least on the rock and roll side, their uh-huh. love for William Burroughs. Yeah. The whole outlaw. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, this is the last note, I think Bowie avoided Burroughs for that reason. Huh. Maybe it's just too obvious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think. I yeah. think he's aware that he left Burroughs out of off the I'm road. sure he's aware. I'm sure it was calculated. Yeah. 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 There's nothing, I mean, yeah, he's very, very aware of everything yeah. he's doing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. So, okay, so uh, we're yeah. we're everywhere in the podcast world. And, um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Do subscribe, join, give us money, um, <laughs> books. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> books. We like getting books for sure. So, yeah, you can find everything you need to know about our podcast on our website, bookmusic.com, B-O-O-K-M-U-S-I-K.com. Yes, and uh, we will be seeing you very shortly. Well, not you, we'll be hearing from you. Yes. No. You'll, You'll be, hearing, be hearing from you'll us. You'll be hearing from us very shortly. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.